Hello and welcome to Chainsaw Buffet Podcast, the podcast that will be full of disappointments for you this week. Um, <laughs> I, the disappointment okay. is that we're actually releasing this week. I know. Aww. Well, I am John and I'm joined by fellow weary world travelers. Um, got Charlie. Indeed. And Dylan. Hello. Um, yeah, we haven't released in a while and... All three of us have been in different parts of the country and the world at different times. Uh, no, no, it was, uh, they were all almost at the same yeah, time. I yeah, there was, there was some overlap. Like um, within a week span, we were all not here. The only one still here was Chad. and Because we I, ended up recording during the week, he hasn't been on a podcast in a while. And I think he thinks we're avoiding him. Just that's, that's untrue. That's untrue. Up. But also, also, he's moving like his his work shift is moving to Sundays as well. So like the the Sunday recording that we do as well doesn't help him either. So we're kind of uh, yeah yeah. We have to figure something out about that. Yeah, we'll we'll have to get on that. Um. Anyway, shout out to Chad. We do love him. Um. Uh, holy Christ! So Dylan, <laughs> you went you went to you went to fucking Europe. Yes, um, for work. But- for work. Um, Charlie, I had enough time to. Uh, you you went uh, to Florida, correct? Because I didn't know any better. Uh, you yeah. knew better. You've been to Florida. You've yeah, you heard to... the stories too. You know how. You know what that was. <laughs> you know what <laughs> you know Georgia how, is. There are beaches in Georgia. There are beaches in both Carolinas, and you can go. You know, like right up the coast. There are even more beaches, but you chose Florida. And that was your decision. Hey, hey, I had a very good reason for choosing Florida. Which was? It, was it the wasn't Georgia or the Carolinas? No, I would have actually probably preferred the Carolinas, uh, just because I've never been. And I like North Carolina in general, but Panama City was just closer. Uh, the Outer Banks, are, are they're worth the drive, as I remember. I don't, I don't know. It's probably changed. It's like a 10-hour drive. But it's so much worth it's so it's it's worth it. It's it's so much better than touristy Florida. Oh, it's so touristy. It's gonna be fun, but we can we can we can save that for whoever's turn for my turn whenever that comes up. Who we start? Uh, and I was in New York at the the very weekend of the New York Comic Con, but did not know I was going to New York far enough in advance to you know, score any tickets to Comic-Con. So oh, dang. I, I kind of fucked up on that one. Um, you know, what's weird. Um, when I was in Vienna, one of the places we walked around on one of the free days I had, they were setting up some sort of video game expo at like <laughs> this, you know, like one of the older buildings in town city. I'm like, huh, that's interesting. But how odd it's following us everywhere. Is it or is it just happening everywhere you go? Like, yes, no, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not authorized to answer that question. Anyway, sorry, I derailed you there. That's okay. Um, so this is, uh, and, and also, AW, uh, AWA happened somewhere in there. Uh, Dylan was was our lone correspondent for that. Uh, so this is going to be like us sharing uh, travel photos without any actual photos being involved. Awesome. Um, 
so I, I guess Dylan, do you want to start with AWA? Um, sure. So I think I was the only uh, correspondent from the podcast who went. Yeah, um, had a pretty good time. Um, trying to think, it's been it's. It's how do you how lot. do you not have notes? How do you not have? Notes? I actually do have notes. I did go back right. and, and wrote in and down in Evernote everything I did. Um, uh, let's start with Thursday night. Let's see. I went to the Super Happy Fun Sale, which I think it was about the same size, maybe a little bigger than it was um, last year. Hmm. It's always neat to go to. I. Didn't happen to buy anything this year, though. Um, an interesting thing they did. They, they did a couple interesting new things um, this year. One was main events was now where the dealer's room used to be. Hmm. And so, like, the one large ex- exhibition hall was main events. And then another one was Artist Alley, about the same size as last year. And then the dealer's room. Um I only went to a couple of things in main events, but um, that actually seemed like a good move because um, what used to be main events became main panel one and main video room one. So um, better use of space. Um, They also moved a lot of panels to Thursday night. Like I think last year it was just old school classroom. This year they actually put um several like AWO panels and awesome cast panels um one one awesome cast panel on Thursday night interesting um, the one the, the one I went to was uh Basil and Kevin's getting your anime groove back um which was good as always it tended to be um I think it was a lot of stuff I seen before Gundam build fighters. I'm trying to remember. Um, pretty good selection. He did play a new clip. Oh, and, and th- th- there was a, there was a show that was mentioned in getting your anime groove back. I think it was also played in anime hell. I saw this clip two or three times throughout the weekend. Um, it's from a live action Japanese drama called Blue Blazes. And this is the semi autobiographical story of a um, manga artist who I think he, he went to school at the same time and place as Hideaki Anno because Anno shows up in the clip that they show. It's the, the clip that they show is like him trying to compete with Anno in, in, in a, um, you know, with, in one of the, the homework exercises. Hmm. Um, but it is hilarious. It, it, it kind of has that feel of, um, insufficient direction where the guy is just, you know, deeply embedded into the culture of, you know, he's, he's really into manga. He's really into anime. He studies it. He takes it too seriously. And so, um, kind of like an insufficient direction, everything is that sort of, um, like over the top reaction shot. 
hmm. despite the fact that it's live action. Um, <laughs> because like the the clip I kept seeing was, um, you know, they're supposed to do this flip book for their animation class, and he does this. Uh, you know, he he thinks he's won. You know, mm-hmm. because obviously in school you win at homework. That's that's <laughs> the way it works. Well, duh. Um, but he does this um, this flip book of like a guy running towards the, the camera, essentially, you know, and it's dynamic and, you know, he's he's using sort of, you know, perspective and all this. And then he just he thinks everyone's going to be impressed with him. And then everyone crowds around uh, Hideaki Anno, um, who who has this like ridiculously complicated uh, uh car animation you know like animation of of a car you know hitting something and you know debris flying everywhere and um the appropriate like manga style reaction shot happens like how um so it looks hilarious unfortunately it is not licensed and will probably not be licensed anytime soon so And I don't feel like figuring out how to uh, pirate a Japanese <laughs> film to watch it. Um, let's see. That's so on that, you. Yeah, that was pretty much my Thursday. Um, Friday. Um, I went back. I've, I've been meaning to do this for a while. Um, but a little while after the dealer's room opened, I went to find Wolf Home Adventuring Outfitters. And um, I haven't... St- I either haven't seen them or haven't recognized them in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I may have seen them and just, you know, uh, not realized it was them, but th- they did some kimono panels a while back. So uh, when I was in the dealer's room, I, I bought a kimono. So, Oh, wow. That, that's kind of cool. Well, I figured it was kind of like a big purchase. You know, I, I didn't mm-hmm. figure I was going to buy a lot in the dealer's room this year. Um, I'm like, well, um, next time I see them, I really would like to get one. And because they, they put on some good panels about kimono, I was like, well, I want to make sure I give them my money basically as Mm -hmm. opposed to, you know, just grabbing the first, um, place I see that sells them. Um, after that, I caught the tail end of a panel called deconstructing cone which was a panel about sort of the work and some of the themes in Satoshi Kon's, um, uh, mainly his, his animated works. They, they did talk about some of his manga and, and stuff that's kind of being released even now after his death, but that was, um, released in America, not necessarily in like stuff that's been in Japan. Um, it was pretty interesting because, um, like I said, I came in halfway through, so I, I can't say much about the entire panel, but the the guy knew, could talk about the themes and some of the, the techniques that he used. Um, so that was a really interesting panel. Um, I went to a panel called crowdfunded gaming, uh, which was generally a discussion of Kickstarter and games that were have been released on Kickstarter, both um, both video games, and he even talked about some board games and things like that. Um, and he actually had um, it ended up being mostly videos, 
Like he showed a promo video for Wasteland. Uh, I believe a promo video for Project Eternity. Um, so, I mean, it was more, a more. Uh, there, there was kind of a brief discussion about, you know, do you feel comfortable um, by, you know, kickstarting games? If not, why not? But But most of it was about what projects have been out there. So... I don't know it wasn't exactly well. I didn't. I don't know what I expected, but because there are multiple ways you can go with a Kickstarter focused panel, um, and it wasn't really like wasn't exactly my thing. But um, it was actually a really well done panel. Wow. Uh, they had a a video from uh, the guy at Stonemeyer Games which is they've I think they've kind of run several successful board game Kickstarters and the video talked about um, this series of Kickstarter lessons that they've got on the internet um, I think for free like video lessons hmm. about how to run a Kickstarter and they also gave out steam keys like I got a steam key for the banner saga which that was really cool that you know how much they had. Um, I think the next the, the the last actual panel I went to on on Friday was the Great Art of Game Design, um, which was really a basically a two hour long deep dive into RPG Maker, which was kind of cool nice. because one of the reasons I wanted to go to this the the description mentioned RPG Maker, the title didn't and i would suggest maybe using a title like well rpg maker deep dive next time um just because game design is such a general concept and yeah and and to be fair you know game design can mean a lot of different formats um, it could. and a lot of different engines and rpg maker is very specific and even though you can do some advanced things in RPG Maker, that's not going to necessarily be applicable to everyone. Like, uh, I don't know if you're doing, you know, like Dylan, you work with Unity. I don't know if, you know, that's really going to help you if it's just RPG Maker. Centric, you know what I mean? It's, it's not necessarily, but what I was looking for here was I actually do want to learn a little more about some of the other, uh, some of the other engines out there. Sure. Just because, or there's some of like the hobbyist, you know, free, cheap, low level, easy to learn engines. Just because I'm doing, you know, I've got my game design panel that I've started doing. And what I want to be able to do is actually talk intelligently about those, you know, options other than Unity. Because, you know, that's helpful. Because Unity is not necessarily for everyone. But what, what I'm specifically pointing out is, to your point, uh, it's more it's more helpful to specifically call out what you're using. You know, if it, if it's just RPG, yes. it's helpful to call that out in the panel title. Yes. Although to Which be I fair, I that misstep because I I like RPG Maker. I would have liked to have seen that. I actually I actually enjoyed it because she walked through literally every tab in the database for building a building and scripting um, a game which was awesome because I, I actually find RPG maker a lot more complicated than something like unity. And mm. a, a lot of that is just time spent with unity versus time spent with RPG maker. 
I was about to say, I find that to be very surprising because I I can use RPG Maker, you know, at least functionally. Um, Well, that's, I I guess what I'm, and and I I did say that sort of because I I know that is a, a provocative statement when I made it. But what I mean is, once you learn Unity, you kind of figure out like what the the general concepts are like okay i've got a game object and it's got these components attached to it and i know that i can create other components that attach to it and i, I can kind of i have a middle model of how everything works and then i can go into code and as long as i have a vague idea of that middle model you know i've got autocomplete which tells me you know what what methods and properties, oh, sorry, I hit my mic, uh, methods and properties that everything, you know, like everything has. And so it's really easy to just, yeah, I mean, I have to worry about writing syntax and I have to worry about, I have to know where to find things. But once I have the general idea, I can work really quickly. Whereas something like RPG Maker, I have to, because when you're, writing like a lot of the basic scripts um, you have to kind of hunt and find the different buttons to, to insert the commands that you want. Right. And so there's, there's actually a kind of a spatial component. Like you may know that it has the capacity to do something and you may know generally what you want it to do, but you also have to know how to find it. Yes. And and that kind of, you know, like if you can get over the hurdle of of coding, you can actually work kind of at the speed of thought as opposed to having that, you know, that lag time of, okay, I know what I want to do. Where was it? I know I saw that, you know. Yeah. Anyway, but my I, point is... I, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, I think that's true of any sort of advanced program like that. I mean, not just you know, in game design, but you know, just anything, video editing, audio editing, whatever. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I'm, I'm just, um, but, but it was good that she did this just because you're not, you know, when you go to a panel like that, you're not going to remember everything, mm-hmm. but it was nice to be able to, um, see where everything was and see what was available. So now I kind of walk away with a better idea of generally how things are organized, generally what the capabilities were. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this was actually her first time doing a panel. Um, and so I think she probably could have, she, she ran up against that two hour time limit, which is not really what you want to do. I think she could probably fine tune it to, you know, where she, you know, hits exactly what she needs to hit and she's not, you know, because c- there's a lot of dialogues in in RPG Maker that are the same, you know. Um, you know, whether you're, you're on the spell tab or on the, um, you know, weapon tab or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I, I, mean, I think it could probably be tightened up, but it was really good and she she didn't have the scripting experience. Like she knew enough to download some pre-made scripts and like the actual, you're writing Ruby code that allows you to say, 
you know, customize exactly how the battle screen behaves or customize exactly how the menus look. Um, so she could speak to that, even though she couldn't, you know, couldn't necessarily tell you how to write the script. She could tell you how to get started, which is as important as anything. Like I know what little I looked at RPG maker. I'm like, okay, there's this section for scripting, but I don't even know how that figures into anything. Um, so, I mean, it was really good. She knew what she was talking about. Um, it was one of those things like where when I went to it, it's like RPG maker is so accessible and can be used at so many different levels that it's hard to tell going in, you know, what you're going to get. And this was a, this was a good panel. Um, I actually like to see more of this, this sort of thing. Cause I think it's really useful. Oh, let's see. And after that, I went to anime hell. Because you uh, didn't accept anime Jesus into your uh, into your <laughs> Clearly, um, man, I don't remember much about it. Um, it was in the new main events room, which was really good because they had you know plenty of space and got a couple of technical problems. I think with the new setup, but um, turned out turned out pretty good as usual. Cool. Um, on Saturday, I went to uh, Basil and Kevin's manga you need to buy right now. And then you um, went out and immediately bought them. I actually did on go Amazon. out and buy a couple. Um, a lot, again, a lot of them were, were manga I'd heard him talking about before. Um, he did mention some new ones, such as What Did You Eat Yesterday? <laughs> Which, yes, that sounds sounds kind of weird. Um, sounds as awesome. absurd a title as I could think of. It is... It is a food manga, but it is it, one. It's very subdued compared to something like Yakatate Japan or um, Drops of God or something like that. Like there are no crazy reaction shots. It's actually Aww. it's actually more about cooking. And it's actually written such that if you follow along, you almost have a complete recipe. Really? Um, it's because um, I picked up the first volume and I'm not finished with it yet, but it's basically about this uh, gay couple living in Japan and there's drama about like, well, he hasn't told, you know, he hasn't come out to the people the the lawyer hasn't come out to the people that he works with. Um, the hairdresser has, and you know, there's some, some tension there. Um, and just, how they've kind of gone gone through life so, because the lawyer, um, the lawyer tends to cook to kind of unwind after he he comes home from uh, work. Because you know you know what's relaxing after a long day of work, cooking on a hot fucking stove. <laughs> you know I I don't disagree with with that statement. Uh, depending, um, but. It's really interesting because the the idea is he's wanting to save money, so my switch is to Geico. No, he's wanting to save money, so a lot of it is him going out to the you know. There's a couple scenes of him going out to the store and figuring out you know what's going to be what ingredients are going to be uh, 
you know, on sale and what he can do with those. Cause he doesn't work at like a real high level law firm because he doesn't want to, you know, basically burn himself out and, you know, have that sort of life where he's working himself to death. No, he's, he's probably a, 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 a low paid public defender, right? You know, I don't think it's actually gotten into that. They, like there's, there's some stuff about his, his office life but it's very much about the people in the office as opposed to him actually, you know, going to court or, you know, any of the work, any of the details about what he actually works on. Because, I mean, this is a story about people as opposed to um, people and their interactions as opposed to, you know, their jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, for example, like the, the second chapter, there's only one other person he's told like that he's come out to. And it's this woman he met Not being gay. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, other than his his boyfriend, but that's that's cool. He 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 mentions this to a woman he's met in the supermarket um, and they kind of have this relationship where they will split costs like. He meets her because he buy they they split this big watermelon that they buy on sale because it's a really good deal, and then, um, you know, but but it's too much for her family. It's too much for him, and so, um, hmm. she you know, and, and that chapter ends with her cooking a meal for them and and her describing what she does. So, so wait, this is this is still. The, uh, the, what did you eat yesterday manga, right? Yes. Okay. Well, this is, this is getting into some deep shit. Okay. You're selling me on this. Keep going. It is, it is bizarre. It's the type of thing where you're like, you know, it's, it's obviously labeled like on, on the back. It, it says like LGBT and stuff. And you're like, well, in, in manga, that can mean a lot of things, you know? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like you're like, you know, I went in to buy it and I'm like, you know, please know that this is, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there in my head thinking, please know that this is not Yaoi. This is actually like, you know, right. yeah, I, I mean, I guess, I guess that's the, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool to see that because that is sort of the reputation when you think of, uh, exactly. Yeah. So I, I think that's really cool that they're actually doing something that has, that deals with, with sort of modern, um, modern themes like that in a, um, in a thoughtful way. Yeah, and I mean it's almost. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't. And I don't mean that as a as sort of a slight to Yowie, but it's it's certainly it. It's not dealing with you know sort of, um, the modern concerns of the LGBT community or anything like that. True. Well, it's kind of like if you did. Um, <sighs> What would be a good example, I guess? It would kind of be like if you watched The Birdcage or something and said, oh, well, that's that's about, you know, that's about gay people. Or if you want, I'm, I'm trying to think of something that would be like, you know, the racial or religious equivalent of it. Like the parody is not the real thing. And what the, what I like about this, and I think what makes this so accessible is that you know, us as straight guys can go, that sounds interesting and not be like intimidated by this. Yes. Because it's about food. 
it's primarily about food and um, kind of everything else flows out of that. Um, which I, I think that's just a good, like in general, if it was about like a straight couple, but it was, it was told from the perspective of food. I think that would be interesting because that's very different. Again, it's not like the drops of God or uh, Yakutate Japan or whatever, where it's all about the reaction shot. Like, Oh, this is the best thing I've ever eaten. It's more about <laughs> what goes into it. Hmm. Right. Um, the other one I picked up was one he mentioned kind of as an afterthought. Um, but it's another one by Miyoko Anna Ono who did, uh -huh. um, you know, insufficient direction. Mm. It's actually a Jose manga called in clothes called fat. And it is, it's about a woman with body image issues, but I think what sold me on it was it's not actually like it works outside. Like it, it kind of has echoes of peach girl and that sort of thing in there. Like the Jose, um, which are kind of weird, but it's, it's less about body image than it is about, um, body image is the way in which she is dehumanized by other people around her. Hmm. Um, and I think that's interesting because basically um, you could substitute anything for body image there. Um, but it like, even when it's over the top, it kind of makes sense. Like she loses weight, you know, it, it hits a lot of the stereotypical notes like, Oh, you know, she's, you know, she's trying to lose weight. Now she's anorexic. Now this, now that. Um, and it goes over the top in a couple of places. But um, I think it's very interesting the way it approaches that sort of dehumanized and othering of people where it's like, well, she loses weight. And, you know, she thinks that's going to fix her problem, but she's still an outcast because it didn't matter how she became an outcast. You know, once she's an outcast, you know, people have already written her off. Hmm. That, that's something I've, I've actually had experience with. So that's. Yeah. I mean, it was one of those things where it's like, huh, you know, I can relate to that even though it's not, you know, nothing, nothing about it would be relatable to us. Right. Um, it, it is like 18 plus. Um, although it tends to um, use some of that as to be disturbing rather than to, you know, be provocative, yeah. um, which is interesting. It's not great, I, but I figured having read Insufficient Direction, I would take a chance and read it just because the subject matter sounded interesting. Um, let's see. I went to a couple of other uh, panels after that. Nothing I really stayed in very long. Um, there was a DIY make your own cartoon panel, but it was um, a Q&A panel that seemed mostly for people already into animation. I was hoping like there was going to mm. be download this software or whatever. It'll make things easier. Um, there was also a history, a, a panel about the history of the Shinsengumi. Oh, uh, cool. I think she started off with the historical aspects and she went a little deeper than she'd planned to just because I don't think people had that historical knowledge, including myself. 
Um, and that's really what I went for. And then later on in the panel, I think, you know, like I said, I stayed in there for about half, about half the time, but later on in the panel, she then went into the, um, like anime and manga where the Shinsengumi show up. Mm. So that was for the most part Saturday. I went to a beer swap, um, that was organized by Ed Chavez of vertical, which was pretty cool. Um, it's neat experience where you like basically a bunch of people, um, that either he or Basil knew, uh, were invited and everyone brought like a local beer and, you know, and, and what did you bring? Uh, Tennessee, uh, Tuckalichi Porter from, uh, Smoky Mountain, Smoky Mountain Brewery. And I ended up with uh, like a Russian Imperial Stout from Huntsville that Kevin brought. Oh, cool. Oh, uh, Kevin. I was going to say, let's, let's see. And after that, there was a fire alarm at like one in the morning because yeah, someone I heard that was smoke. Smoke. Um. It was uh, Vic Mignogna and R. Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> and that 13-year-old girl from the rave. Yes. In fact, what was funny was um, Basil Basil, and the rest of the awesome cast guys stayed in the embassy suites. But Basil came over to the, the Renaissance Waverly for... Just rubbing everyone's face. No, for, for a like a room party and he got pulled out of the room party. So <laughs> as, as tough as it is to get over to embassy suites in Sheraton from there, I kind of envy them because they got to sleep. True. And um, omelet bar and omelet bar. That is true. Um, Sunday I went to, well, I went to two panels and ran a panel. Uh, the first one I went to was conventions 201, which was, basically about how to get more out of your convention experience, which, and by that, I mean things like, you know, doing cosplay, volunteering, uh, running panels and things like that, um, which I thought was really good. Although it was the early Sunday morning death slot. Oh, and after a night where everyone had been woken up by the fire alarm. So there was kind of a, there was a small turnout and they were mostly longtime con goers. So basically the people that did not need this panel. Oh, um, but it was a really, it was a really good panel. It was really interesting and, and having people there that would get involved and comment was great. The, the only issue I had was they, they started talking about like submitting panels and, you know, you can submit, here are the different types of panels you could submit. And, you know, they mentioned it, all the various types, including ask a character panels and like, <laughs> they can be funny or horrible. And I'm sitting there thinking, no, you, one of those is right. <laughs> one of those, no, but I wasn't gonna, cause it was, it was one of those things. I think it's not, it's not that we're like, we tend to think that we don't like ask a character panels because we're older, but really it's because we're in a different segment of fandom. And, so like even people who are closer to our age still enjoy those sort of panels, but mm. it's a different type of fandom. 
Um, the let's see, the next panel I went to was my own my Otaku board and card gaming panel. Cool. Um, which I'm actually um I've worked on since Station Con. Like Station Con, it was it was kind I'm of. I'm sorry, since when? Station Con. Station Con. Um, it was kind of a week. Uh, panel. I I fleshed it out with some more of the um, uh, discussion of getting into gaming resources, different common mechanics. Not too much because I still wanted to keep the focus on um, Japanese notaku themes and Japanese designers. Mm. Um, it actually went pretty well. I got lots of good feedback. Some people mentioned there's a game called Shadow Hunters, which kind of works like. Uh, resistance or coup um someone had mentioned quarriers in response to me mentioning um deck building games which i bought quarriers recently on sale because i've heard a lot about it i haven't had a chance to play it but um that was really good there just generally there were people who knew their mechanics and stuff and it Mm. kind of makes me wonder if i should retool this panel to focus more on hardcore gamers and and by this i mean the the otaku version because right now i'm focusing on anime fans who maybe dabble in yeah gaming so i don't know that's something to think about surprisingly you could, you could have a mix though i mean what you could you could have a mix you know yeah, I, I don't mean I don't mean completely focus on it, but get a little further away yeah. from from um like some of some of the intro slides are very much about like you know, I just assume you're an anime con goer who doesn't play much in play many board games, and I need to assume that you play a little more than I think you do. Um eh, as long as you can tailor it to whoever shows up that's i mean that's always an option i think it re- went really well because jenny was jenny texted me afterwards and were like hey matt went and because matt and, and chris and jenny went and they're like matt really wants to try boss monster i'm like awesome you know cool you can find a time you know i will run it or you can borrow it or whatever um he will make it happen i i will also mention that this was a panel I don't want to say without of that guy. There was no that guy during the panel. Nice. There was a that guy before the panel. Cause um I don't know. He started out like making conversation, like asking if the mixing panel or mixing console on the panel table did video or just audio. And you know, commenting on the like, I've got a screenshot on my um, as my desk as one of my desktops on my on my laptop. That's like a picture I took when I was hiking up at Frozen Head. And he went from, "Hey, where is that? That looks neat. That looks like Stone Mountain." To stories about how he only goes outdoors with um, his family because it's kind of an obligation and. You know, his sister is like the secretary for the family, you know, and something about like his mother driving a car into an air conditioning unit. And it was just like, okay, you're we just met. We just met. We just met. And I don't care. No, it was 
it wasn't bad, but uh, <laughs> but you still don't care. It was one of those. It was one of those it's, moments. It's where fine like, to not care about what a total stranger has to tell you about their family. It really is. Well, it was kind of. It was, yeah, it was kind of like it kind of got personal real quick, and I was like, I'm gonna go over here. Like I walked over and moved my bags from like one side of the room near to, near the uh, the panel table, and he just kept going. I'm like. I don't know how to handle this. This is too much for me. <laughs> but no, that guy's during the panel. So everything was great. Um, the last panel I went to, um, I think this may have been one we missed at uh, Hamacon. Uh, Roll a D66, Japanese tabletop gaming. Yeah. Yeah. Was really interesting. The, the, the title, by the way, uh, D66 refers to the fact that a lot of game, Japanese games are D6 heavy um, rather than requiring odd polyhedral dice. And D66 is a variant, variant that uses two D6s, kind of like a D100. Huh. Um, basically, he talked about a lot of um, Japanese RPGs, uh, kind of gave some history like... Um, it kind of started with sword world, um, which was what I can't remember who or which company he mentioned it was what was created when a Japanese company wanted to import D and D and TSR didn't let them because they were a little hesitant about other people handling the brand, especially outside of the country. Huh? Um, but apparently now J- translations of Japanese RPGs are a big thing, especially on Kickstarter. There's like two or three people who have kind of made this in made a living out of translating these, these games. Um, so they mentioned, he mentioned things like sword world, Tenra Bancho zero, which I think he compared to kind of a world of darkness style game. Um, what's, and there's some, some other games, like he mentioned a game called double cross, which is, um, a very anime style, but still combat heavy game where you have magical powers, but, um, if you overuse them, then you have a risk of becoming a monster. So you, you kind of have to manage that. Hmm. Um, I'm going over some of the ones I, um, there's one he mentioned called make you kingdom, which is literally it's, it's more about, building a kingdom because the world's been overrun and you're, you're basically trying to uh, rebuild the world from scratch. So it's got a lot of mechanics about um, kingdom building, city building and, and that sort of thing. Hmm. Um, he, he also mentioned made RPG, which I know um, Chad has expressed some desire to play, um, <laughs> which Incidentally, was translated by Aaron Clooney, who uh, also did Channel A, and has it's related done... to George Clooney. No, it's it's actually spelled differently. Well, uh, but he's, he's uh, you would, you would spell it differently too, because you wouldn't want to you know be in George's shadow all the time. I get it. I understand. But I mean, yeah, George is the big dog, and everybody else is you know chopped liver. It's it's fine. Listen, man, you you do you. Okay, you don't you don't worry about George. I'm I'm here to support you. Yeah, I've um, he, he's also done a couple other um, 
original games, but he's translated several games, including um, uh, one I picked up. Um, uh, one of the... And I'll get to that in a second. Um, one of the the interesting things I came away from from this with is there's apparently a genre in Japan called Honobono. A genre right. of RPG. And what Honobono means is um, heartwarming or feel good. Um, so typically these are lighter in combat, um, in some cases they actually have mechanics that focus on your character's relationships to other, uh, people. Um, but the ones that, that I found really interesting were, was there was a, uh, there's a game called golden sky stories. And I've, I've actually bought a copy of this just to, um, and, and my interest in golden sky stories is more academic In golden sky stories. You play, a an animal spirit um sort of a uh like you think spice and wolf to a certain extent um you can take human form you can take animal form but the idea is you're you are kind of you live in a village and you're trying to help the people of the village and really the mechanics are based around your relationships to the village itself and to other people Hmm. um so it's an interesting concept. The more I've read of it, it seems a little bit heavier and it's diceless and I'm not quite into the relationship as game mechanic idea, but it's really neat. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's one I would actually check out if you want to see something different in terms of role-playing games. The other one that I'm really interested in playing at some point, and this just... The Kickstarter just wrapped up uh, for this. I bought a copy. They were doing like a uh, post-Kickstarter pre-order type of thing. Yeah. Um, so I've got the PDF, not the physical version. It's called Ryutama. And the way he described this game was Hayao Miyazaki's Oregon Trail. <laughs> well, then. It's it kind of feels I one thing. I love the art in the book, like just the the what I've seen from the PDF, it's just, it's not, it's not quite chibi, but it's, um, I don't know. It's just this really beautiful art style that adds a lot to it. It kind of reminds me of maybe some of the clip art Nintendo power used for like the early dragon warrior and final fantasy games is, is I think, uh, what I got from it. Oh, cool. But the, the idea of this game is, Every character in the world at some point in their life takes a journey. And the game is about one of these journeys, each each campaign. And the way this works is there are game mechanics for um, traveling. There are game mechanics for uh, condition. Like every day you have to roll a direction check, a travel, I think a travel check um, that um, it tells whether you're heading the right direction, whether you're, um, you know, what, what the travel conditions are, how you feel, how each character feels that day. Um, and it's very focused on some of the smaller details. There's combat and there's other skills like you would have in D&D. 
but they seem to be kind of scaled back. And I really like that because that, in a lot of cases, um, when presented with something generic like BSM or D&D, that's still very combat focused and almost has, it's, it's not painfully simulation like, but it has a, a lot of, of different um, mechanics and roles that you can um, focus on. Um, that tends to be the part that I miss out on. Like I, I really want to focus on like the day to day, you know, the weather, the terrain, you know, the world, um, and so Ryu Thomas seems really interesting hmm. in that it, it, it seems almost scaled back to the point where you could focus on the more everyday elements of the story that you're trying to tell. Um, the other thing that's interesting is the GM actually rolls up a character. And this is not a character like um, an actual PC. This is a special a character called a Ryujin, which is basically like a dragon spirit type of thing. Hmm. And the the choices you make when building a Ryujin sort of sets the tone for the story. Um, so it gives you certain abilities. It gives it gives the players certain bonuses for for doing taking certain sorts of actions or role playing certain things. And the idea is not so much that there's this. Um, conflict between the GM and the players or even even between the world and the players the idea is that the GM is playing this character to sort of nurture the players along in their quest so I've read through it it's actually a really light read but um, that I, I actually got a lot out of that panel just because it introduced a, a lot of game concepts that I would never have gone looking for and I would never have known about otherwise Hmm. Yeah. All right. Anything else from AWA, Dylan? No, that's pretty much it. All right. Final thoughts on AWA? It was pretty good. You know, despite right. the uh, the cost increase and all, it, it was still pretty good. Glad to hear it. Um. All right. So let's let's get into our travels a little bit. Um. Charlie, what what did you do in Florida? Um, tried not to get killed. That's that's actually a challenge in Florida. It oh, is. Yeah. It is. It's, I think it's um, the the state sport. Actually, <laughs> no, I, I actually had fun despite being in Florida. Um, we went. This was um, well, technically, uh, my. Two year anniversary dating my girlfriend was back in back on September eighth, but we had to wait until her spring break or fall break before she would have enough time for us to do anything. Um, so I took her on a surprise trip to Panama City Beach. She didn't realize where we were going until we hit the Florida line. Um, in fact, she really thought we were going to Asheville, North Carolina, until until I got on the interstate going south, and then she. Thought, well, maybe Atlanta, but then when I got on I-24, she hadn't a clue. And then from that point on, until we hit the Florida line. Because the thing is, this is interesting. This sounds like a horror movie. Like, we're going to Asheville. Oh, we're not. We're going to Atlanta? No. We're going to Florida? Actually, no, it go it, it, it gets worse for a second because it's like, we're going to rural Alabama? 
And the reason I say that still slightly better than Florida. The reason I say that is because for whatever reason, Panama City being the uh, the vacation destination that it is, apparently has no interstate um north north running interstate anywhere anywhere near it or within hours of it. Um you from Chattanooga, leaving from Chattanooga, you had two options. Either you took the interstate basically to Atlanta, and then you took another like highway interstate over to Columbus, Georgia, and then it was like a lot of back roads. Or you go all the way through Alabama until you hit, I think, Montgomery, and then it's all back roads. Like you you do most of the miles in a very short amount of time on the interstate, and then the next like hundred or so miles are painstakingly slow because it's like take state route this take this road now take this road that happens to be just the main street through a sleepy little town i saw a lot of sleepy little alabamanian towns it is it is the weirdest thing to try to get to there is daryl just thought you were taking her out to the middle of nowhere to dump a body right yes and for a while i thought maybe i was doing that and had tricked myself as well (laughs) because there were like the first time you get off on a state route you're like okay no big deal close to the interstate still and then like an hour like two hours later you realize i i i've not seen a gas station in a long time wow cotton fields everywhere i'm gonna die out here um where's the nearest gas station back the way i came (laughs) okay one half a state away um to be fair that's actually one of the things i like when we're going to hamacon is that it's it's not the, not taking an interstate it's slightly off the beaten path the roads I we have to take it's a little better i don't know to some extent it's better when you've at least gone there once before as with hamacon so you have a little bit you know a little bit of what to expect but when when you don't it it was a little scary at times um, but it, it was, it was a fun trip. We stayed at a really little, uh, not little, but fairly little hotel that was like, really it was, a, it was a, at least a 15 minute drive, even though it was in Panama city beach, it was at least a 15 minute drive to the more like commercial touristy part. Um, there were a couple other hotels around the area and then it looked like it turned into mostly rental properties. Um, in one direction and like the, there was a restaurant a little ways away that I don't even think was ever open. And then, like I say, you had to drive like a good 15 minutes to get to pretty much anything else. Um, but as a result, and because of the time of the year, there was rarely many people on the beach. It was, it was really, really cool. Um, and the place was because it was so far out in an older hotel, um, actually really cheap surprisingly so and it was surprisingly nice for the for the price that i paid but we were like on the beach like you got on the if you were on the balcony all you saw was ocean um and if you stepped out of the if you were at the ground floor and went out you were one set of stairs from the beach um and they had it was white sand extremely clear water and the um the weather, it never rained once. It was like always mostly sunny, highs in the mid-80s, lows in the 60s. Uh, got to have some pretty good seafood. Uh, got some Kilwins toasted coconut ice cream. 
because apparently Panama City Beach has a kill ones, which I'm very happy about. It was it was a good time. Um, the got to see a sea turtle, got to see some dolphins. Um, the weirdest things though were actually saw a drive-through convenience store, which at first I thought meant okay, it's a convenience store with a drive-through. No, no. It is a convenience store that you drive through. Like it looks like one of those car wa- those automatic car washes, except instead of uh, soap and water, there are beverage cases and snacks. So I guess you never have to get out of your car, but you get to per- you get to browse the store in your car. It is it is the most ridiculously odd thing, and I don't know why it exists. Um, because other- people don't like getting out of their cars. I guess so. Um, the other cool thing, though, and I, I'm mad, though, that I I didn't take advantage of it when uh, when I came across it the few times I did. But if you go the Alabama way, um, once you get uh, about a third or so into Alabama up in, uh, until while you're on the interstate and then after you get to Panama City Beach, they actually have Whataburgers, um, which I only know from King of the Hill. Yes, and I have wanted to try one for a long time because of that, and I and and I did not take advantage of that, and I hate myself for it because we came back the Georgia route, which you're still in Alabama for a couple hours, um, but then you hit like Columbus, Georgia, and then it's over to Atlanta and up. But going that and everything way, goes to hell. It pretty yes, much. Georgia. It was. It was. It was. Georgia. I, the actually the entire way back is kind of a lot of lies. There's like. When you finally hit like an inner more highway or more interstate area, it's a long while before you find any restaurants. A long, long while. And then it cheats you by giving you this truck stop that has a couple things in it. And then like the very next exit is everything you ever wanted. Um, so so it's like, it, it makes you wait a long time for food. And you're like, I'll take the first thing I can get. And then, and then you get back on the road and you're like, oh, here's everything else. Thanks, Alabama slash Georgia. <laughs> Thanks, Georgia. Um, but the other interesting thing on the way back in Southern Alabama, we passed like a, a gas station and it took me a second to realize that instead of saying Murphy's, it said Walmart and all it was, was a gas station and convenience store in the middle of nowhere, but it was Walmart. Like that's. It was a normal convenience store size. Uh, I assume it had the normal convenience store uh, amenities and 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 wares for sale. Um, but it was actually the entire thing branded Walmart, like Walmart Neighborhood Market. I think is what it was called. Oh yeah, yeah, I've heard of those. It it is a weird thing. Uh, I really now I wish I'd gone in and then just acted like a giant. <laughs> like, oh, this Walmart is so small because I am so large. Ha 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 ha. Fee-fi-fo-fum, I want some Cheetos. That would have been tremendous. Especially if they were selling them you know, in, the, in the little gas station size bag. <laughs> yes! Damn it! <laughs> Hindsight. Hindsight's 20. Uh, look at this two liter of Pepsi. It's only 20 ounces to me. <laughs> Oh, I'm doing it. I'm doing it next time. <laughs> but but no, it, it it was a it was a good trip. The drive kind of sucked, but for me, a drive longer than two or three hours generally does. But 
Um, but it it were nice. Actually, I liked the drive. Most of the drive through Alabama was it, it was a lot better than driving through Georgia. I will give Alabama that. Uh, lest lest Basil say that that I'm not uh, that I'm too cruel to Alabama. I will at least say that. <laughs> so Dylan, how is Europe? Ah, uh, very European. Uh, you guys, you guys think the German language is so awesome until it's all around you. Ah, uh, no. <laughs> um, oh. That's the only thing you know. Um, <laughs> I I don't speak a lick of German, so it was kind of like a shock. But the nice thing is, well, one, I went to Vienna for work, so he's a sauce um, maker. No. Um, shut up! Shut up! Um. Trying to get you some sausage groupies. It was, it was, it was pretty good. Um, basically, like I had two days of meetings, and then the rest of the time was free. So all my downtime, I or most of the, my downtime, I did use for sightseeing. And the the other people I went with had had been before, so they kind of knew, you know, what to show me. And we saw some of the. Uh, we were actually a mile away from Schönbrunn Palace, which is this big, like 1600s, 1700s sort of um, era uh, palace. Um, we went downtown and saw St. Stephen's Cathedral and just really amazing. It was kind of a really awesome opportunity. Um, and I don't know, we ate... We actually ate at a couple of, um, there's a, a small, uh, place we ate a, the other side of Schoenbrunn palace from us that like we got there by partially walking through the gardens. Um, it was in kind of this old, like hundred year old shop, you know, hmm. storefront area. Um, it was just like it was a huge culture shock going there. But the nice thing about Vienna is most people speak English. It's a pretty international city. So um, we ate there. We ate a um, I've got like if you the pictures on my Flickr account, um, we ate at this place called Bretzelgwalb, which literally was it was kind of this little back alley downtown and you could go downstairs, and it was just this old stone. What you said, you could go downstairs. I said, oh. loner in pairs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it was really cool. Um, and I think I may end up having to go back a time or two. I'm not sure at this point, but um, what's really funny is, and, and this should probably say something. Um, when the people that we were working with came over here for meetings, um, they were talking about like on their rest day, they, they went up and, and went hiking and in the Smokies and, you know, saw a bear or something. And, but when, you know, us Americans went over there, um, you know, what we talked about doing is all the different places we ate and drank. <laughs> and... <laughs> Thy point being, <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think the point Hello? speaks for itself. We're America, I mean, and I'm pretty yeah, sure America. food's delicious. So it was. We 
Oh man, like I said, the the two German or uh, Austrian places we ate were were amazing. Uh, we ate at this kebab place that we got like this sampler platter, and there was just this. Yeah, they they brought out this big plate of like like lamb and chicken and and gyro and oh, so many good places. Um, did you hear turn down for what at any point in Europe? I did not. Okay. Um, I you were wanted, surprised. Yeah, I wanted to know how far Little John's reach has has, uh, has spread. I, I did kind of realize that because we spent, you know, like when we were waiting for, we got in early Sunday morning and, you know, so we had to kind of wait for a room. And we're, we were at a, a Renaissance hotel, like Renaissance the brand, um, not hmm. Renaissance the time period hotel. Um, <laughs> and I noticed like the stuff that they were playing in the lobby Sounded pretty much like the stuff that uh, you would hear over here, except aside from one or two songs, I didn't recognize any of it. But there was no turn down for what it was all more like pop. (laughs) So so there is a place on this earth that you are safe from Little John. Not not many. It's (laughs) there are many of these places left. It's it's sort of an endangered. um, He's coming for you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Uh, all right. So I guess that leaves me. Yep. Um. Went to New York. Um. New York City. Yeah. I did. I did have some pizza while I was there. I, I, hey, think I, I had some Viennese pizza. Wait, is this whole trip just because of that one guy? <laughs> Might be. No. Was, this, was this the impetus for the entire thing? No, no. Uh, <laughs> How Chris great would that be? <laughs> no, and I think we're still invited us along. Seriously, so, uh, you you should have had some pizza while you were there, Charlie, and then then we could come back and say, oh. This is the pizza cast. You know, we are throwing down the gauntlet. We have we have scoured the world. The world. <laughs> Don't, let no one talk ill of our knowledge of pizza. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't just go to the five boroughs or anything. Um, no. Um, I will say this. Uh, you know, unfortunately, Mr. Mendez did not point out, like, specific locations to go to. So I just assume that they're all just as good. Um <laughs> But uh you know the pizza oh. I had the pizza I had was good, but you know he he oversold it quite a bit. <laughs> I mean, let's let's just be honest. It was good, reasonably priced for, you know, you know, like buy the slice pizza, you know. It was it was definitely the cheapest meal I ate in New York. Um but eh. I mean, it wasn't as though God Himself delivered it to me. <laughs> it didn't come. It didn't come with Colin Kaepernick, so I don't, I don't see what the big deal is. <laughs> so whatever. I mean, that I know. I know he's going to throw back the. Oh well, you know, my palate's been ruined. You know, by being in the in the South and whatever. But I'm, I'm just saying, man. I've I've eaten a slice of shit in my day. <laughs> been a lot of places. Eating a lot Seen of a pizza, lot of things. Eating a lot of pizza and. God, I'm uh, starting to regret that as I get older, but, um, you know, listen, 
wasn't wasn't worth the 14 hour drive okay <laughs> let me just let me just go ahead and put that out there um so you know there's nothing more disappointing than than realizing oh yeah new york comic con's going on oh wait you know the media deadline is passed and tickets are sold out so i can't go um did see a lot of cosplayers just you know around the street especially you know around times square and stuff um uh you know, saw so, saw so all the all the major things. You know, empires, and of course, I didn't spend a lot of time in these places because we were just there for two days, and mm. it's constant fucking walking. Um, yeah. <laughs> and Nathan's son Tristan uh, has now earned the nickname Fival because mm. of uh, the 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 Don Bluth animated classic and American Tale. Mm-hmm. Where uh, I swear to Christ, I thought he was going to get lost, you know, eighty thousand hey, times in that. City. Hey, at least he didn't get the nickname Kevin, like in Home Alone, to Lost in New York. No, that would that would have been a that would have been a reflection on Nathan Crystal's parenting. Um, <laughs> that that would not have been positive. No, no, uh, there's no, no John Hurd and I can't remember act, her actual name. actor John Hurd. Actual actor John Hurd and uh, Catherine O'Hara. They're they're I'm sure they're perfectly fine parents. Oh no, Kathleen O'Hara seemed like she was kind of a bitch in those movies. Either way. Uh, I'm just saying. Um She seemed like if you know she wasn't, you know, such a such a you know, see you next Tuesday, then uh, she might have known better than to not leave her kid at home alone <laughs> twice. Well, whatever. Uh, you know, you know, you're not, not judging. It's just I'm not, I'm not here to judge. I, I don't know the context of their lives, so whatever. Um, but but Trist, Tristan takes after his father in that you know he likes to he likes to wander around a bit, <laughs> which you know it's cool. But you know, parents were there; they were on top of things. But God, that made me nervous. <laughs> like just just like as a casual observer, it's one of those things where you know you don't want to get into somebody else's business. It's their kid, you know, it's their life, and. I've known Nathan Crystal for a long, 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 long time. So, you know, I didn't didn't want to you know, step tell on any tests or anything. They want to tell them their business. Yeah, exactly, exactly. They know what they're doing. You know, this this isn't their first rodeo, but God, that made me nervous. That's because I don't have kids, so I'm just like, uh. I am the same way with with people who have kids. It's like, oh man, that's terrifying, and they're like. No, nah, it's yeah, fine. They fell off the couch. It's not. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Yeah, exactly. They they know what's up. They you know they know better than I do. They deal with this twenty four hours a day. They have become desensitized. They have figured out what to pay attention to. Where I'm just exactly, like, exactly. They know what's up. Do and, you realize how breakable this, this thing <laughs> yeah, is? Yeah, um, small human is. That's why you have multiples. It's true. They they did they did have a backup just in case you know something happened to one of them. I thought he um, was speaking of, speaking of Home Alone, we did uh, we did go to the Plaza Hotel. Cool. Yeah. Um, and other movie references, we did go to uh, FAO Schwartz and and saw the uh, piano from Big and all that. <laughs> um, and there's a there's a Zoltar machine that I have a, a picture of me with. Um, so that's did that's it grant a, your wish. It sure as shit didn't. Um, <laughs> just gonna listen. I said I wish I was big, and man, it it fucked me on that one, guys. Uh, <laughs> just gonna let everybody know what's up uh, next time you see me. Um, Are you like, sure that wasn't the pizza? 
<laughs> also correct. Also factually correct. Um, oh, Christ. Um, for for me, the highlight was going to uh, Nintendo World, which was cool. Um, it was actually the weekend of the National Smash Brothers Tournament. Again, not in time for me to actually do anything about it. Um, but, you know, there are there are people around and it was it was a cool thing. Um, there are actually a couple of uh, there, there is a Lincoln Zelda cosplayer that was in there just as I was getting ready to leave. So I took a picture of them. Um, they had um, some art. So wait, I saw that picture. That wasn't just someone who was like an employee or something. No, that, so that was are, just someone who went in there. Yeah. Dressed as Lincoln Zelda. OK. Oh, cool. Um. So yeah, that was that was just a a neat little coinky dink. Um, uh, we went to uh, Lyndhurst where they di- uh, where they shot uh, Dark Shadows and Downton Abbey. Um, oh, wow. That was that was neat. Although I don't you know I don't know anything about either of those shows, but the 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 grounds and the and the manor and everything was really cool to look at. Um, we went to Sleepy Hollow, uh, saw the bridge. It's a bridge. Um, <laughs> we went to an event called Pumpkin Blaze, which is just like this huge jack-o'-lantern festival. I mean, they had over 10,000 uh, carved jack-o'-lanterns and all these crazy. Um, it's, it's, it's basically an art exhibit because they had all these crazy constructs. And so if they had like a a working, you know, pumpkin clock, a uh, grandfather clock and. Wow. Uh, you know, they had dinosaurs made of pumpkins and they had uh, this one. One of my favorites was, it, you know, there are all these trees and stuff. And then you kind of look up and you see like the head of a snake and then you realize the snake wraps around this entire fucking field that you're standing in. It's like, damn. Mm-hmm. Uh, Committed. Yeah, seriously. Um, but... That was neat. Um, oh, what else? I'm just trying to hit the highlights because I don't, I don't want to turn this into a thing. Um, you know, a lot of time in the car. Um, thankfully, <laughs> I didn't drive while we were in New York. Nathan did. Um, He's insane. He is insane. Um, Shouts to Nathan. He, he got us through completely unscathed. Um, a lot of time in the car though, had my 3DS with me. I played that shit ton of Fire Emblem Awakening, <laughs> like, you know, 30 hours worth. Um, damn, that game is good. Uh, at one point, I think it was Saturday. We we're walking around and I think, I think it was near Times Square and there's a woman wearing nothing except, you know, some underwear and painted in, you know, like, you know, the stars and stripes. Love you know, it. So you, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, America, America. And at that point I said aloud, well, it's officially been a trip to New York. We can go home now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Cause you know, uh, I, I got to see all the stereotypical stuff. You know, I got to see some guy walk out in front of traffic and then yell at the car, you know, because <laughs> he's stepping out in front of him. I mean, it was, it was, it was uh, just like, 
thought, I thought that only happened uh, in yeah. movies and television. No, nope. that's a real thing. No, that's a real thing that happened. So, Man. Uh, so, yeah, New York was a hell of a town. It's a hell of a town. Um, you know, not really as, as intimidating as all that. Uh, you know, I'd never been before. Um, my, my, I guess the way I would describe it is imagine, imagine the most crowded convention you've ever been to, like the most crowded area in a convention you've ever been to, and then expand that across an entire city. That's kind of what it's like. No, thanks. But, you know, that is funny though. Cause like when I was like this, this is my first time going to Europe or basically being out of the country, except Canada, um, which doesn't count, which doesn't count. And it was kind of terrifying. Cause I remember like getting there, like, you know, driving, you know, riding in, in the cab out to the hotel. And it's like, I can't read any of this. I'm going to have a panic attack. And then later it's like, you know, and, and we took the subway on a lot of things. I'm like, I don't know how this works. I'm scared. I don't want to get separated from the group. And then by the end of the week, I'm like, you know what? I've got a handle on this. I know which stops to take to get wherever, you know, this is fine. This actually feels safer than a big city in America. You know, like um, I'm not getting stabbed. I'm not getting, I'm not getting panhandled, you know, um, you know, I've, I've learned to kind of filter out like it. it I, I wouldn't want to live in a big city, but it's not as intimidating as you think it is. No, uh, the the most hassle I got on the trip were from people that were trying to sell tickets to some comedy show. Like they were just they were just all up in your business. Like you want to go to a comedy show? Nope. And it's like no. You know you're not funny. What do I expect these guys to be? Great <laughs> oh. question. Thank you for asking. No, because That's you don't look- send your performers out to the street. That's a that's a good looking question. How about I just say no? What a handsome question. <laughs> what a lovely question. No. <laughs> oh. Good times. Yep. All right. Well, guys, um it's been a hell of a time. Um, yep. And that's why we've been gone for so long. Yeah, that's why we've been gone for a few weeks. So, um, so stop hassling us. Seriously, nobody Probably. cares. Um, Shut up. <laughs> but uh, thanks everybody for listening. Um, you know, follow us on Twitter and you know, like us on Facebook. Email us at podcast at chainsellbuffet.com if you want to hear about any other, uh, if you have any questions about any of our trips. You follow know. us in real life. Follow us in real life. Like, follow us around. Like, Please come to work with us. Not that you could find us. <laughs> I, I mostly work from home. That would be, I don't, n- none of us want someone following me to work because. I don't know. I'd be okay with that. That would be an intruder in the house. Uh, well, I mean, we've called the police in. enough in the past month. That's true. That's <laughs> true. If you're, if you're the guy that ran over our mailbox, uh, fuck you. <laughs> Seriously. Fucking, fucking ass mailbox runner over fuck. <laughs> Destroyed it too. I mean, it it was it was in the middle of the day, two, you know, between like two and three in the afternoon. Someone got their drink on early. No, I think that what was great, it was like literally there was maybe an hour between when I left for a meeting and when John came back from work. 
And somehow that, during that time, that thing got destroyed. Like, yep. There, there was no way that they weren't picking up speed to hit that thing. <laughs> yeah. So, don't know Screw what my mailbox guy. did to you. <laughs> we apologize if you knew, but you don't. So, hope it you know, was you... worth that uh, headlight cover that fell off. Yeah, Mister uh, Mister Ford driver. Hey, Got uh, my eye on you. Luckily, a mailbox is far cheaper than a car. So yeah, you guys, yeah, I mean, you guys got off be, easy. Used to be, they just put a note in our mailbox. Now they're running it over. <laughs> Neighbors are getting sassy. We yeah. don't know that's who. It, we don't know who it was. We don't know why it was. We, we know. We know. We know. Sassy neighbors. We, we know. We have. We have some thoughts, but I. Yeah. I, I have some thoughts on this, but anyway. Uh, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, peace be with you, and also with our our, our new mailbox. Uh, may it may it long may it rain. <laughs> 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 All right, we'll see you guys next time.